Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On HBCU Podcast, the only daily podcast covering HBCU sports, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Reggie Flood. You can find me on Twitter at rflood28, host of the longest running sports show in Louisiana, the Jaguar Journal, host of the daily radio show, The Sports Report on WBOK in New Orleans, and a proud HBCU alum. On this episode, I have my man. We're talking HBCU bands. I had to call out a HBCU band guy. My man, Perry White, is joining us. The band culture, it's zero to the fifth. P. White, Perry White, what's going on, man? It's the zero to the going fifth. Going on, fuck. Yes. Perry, I had to call you because if there is one person that I know that knows and respects the culture of HBCUs, it's you, and in particular, the HBCU band. A lot of people in college don't understand how, how and why the bands are so important to HBCUs. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about the importance of that to the culture. You know, uh, when you talk about African-American culture and Black culture, you know, what really entrenches HBCUs, and it always comes back to music. You know, music is what creates the pageantry of the games. It's what keeps the traditions of the homecomings and the reminiscences of those old times when you were back in your time and in your days at your perspective HBCUs. And a lot of that plays a part because of the bands and the music and it's how much it's entrenched in our culture. You know, and, and, and I think that's what adds that pageantry of why when you talk about any HBCU band touching the field, you instantly know there's a difference compared to any other type of band in the country. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely special. It's a unique thing. And, you know, people don't understand that a lot of times the the zero quarter, talk about that. We, the, 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 we call this Wednesday, we've themed it zero to the fifth. Talk about what the zero quarter is and what it means to the culture. So the zero quarter is something I found out about as I began to like bands around in about maybe the early 2000s where bands actually showed up before the game like an hour in advance to get more playing time to battle each other. And so because of that, it changed the culture in terms of when fans show up. If anybody's ever been to what they call the Boombox Classic, which is a annual game between Southern and Jackson State, you will see that fans show up two hours before the game lined up at the gates, waiting on the gates to open to hear the bands march in and battle it out, maybe 45 minutes, an hour before the game starts. And it's a sight to see. And it gives people a little bit more opportunity to see more of the band instead of so much of that band playing during the game. And then you, you get a little bit of the, at the end of fifth quarter. The zero quarter is magical within itself because it sets the tone of where the game is going to go. At that point, everybody's hyped up. The band's gotten the crowds where they needed to be, and everybody is ready for some football. Exactly. And Perry, you know, you've been there through the preparation and everything that goes into getting to zero quarter. Talk about that a little bit, The the what these students go through to, and the band directors go through, and they have a preseason, they have a summer camp, all of those things to get ready for band season. Talk about that a little bit in, in the, the strenuous 
exercise and the things they go through to get prepared for it. Well, I think everybody who has ever learned about HBCUs have definitely tuned in and watched the movie Drumline to try to get an inside look into what they believe HBCU bands and culture is like. And for years, that movie kind of portrayed, if you ever watched it, what you thought it would be like to be a part of an HBCU marching band and all the work and auditioning and practice and playing. And that would just basically stay just a little bit over how deep it really is. It is for most HBCU bands can, you know, considering how much they drill, it is a tough thing. You know, you being out there marching nonstop, having to have yourself in shape on top of playing the instrument. You know, you, you're marching and you're also blowing and playing the instrument. You know, it's nothing easy. And, it, and it, it's a lot that goes into it as those students Student musicians is what they are. You see the same thing as student athletes. They're out there giving their all so they can represent that prospective university wherever they may some mark. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, drum It's interesting that you bring up drumline because it's like two. I, I found in talking to band people that there's like two schools of thought on <laughs> drumline. Some people who are like, yeah, drumline is, is a depiction. You know, that that's a great thing. And then some people are like, no, it's nothing like that. Man, no band is going to go in there and lose to some mythical band. Nobody, no, it's nothing like that. <laughs> you know, I, I like Drumline. I grew I remember going to the movies to watch Drumline. Drumline created a culture of a lot of kids in terms of the arts and a lot of inner city and urban schools where kids wanted to be a part of some type of musical program. And so it was kind of like a catalyst for that. But unfortunately for a lot of those programs, they lost funding. And so they don't really have the resources that they need for kids to participate but drumline was instrumental in terms of getting kids to understand it's not so bad to play an instrument and the instrument can get you to college which ultimately was the message of the movie and there's a lot of students that are in marching bands all across the country at hbcus in particular where they've been able to get out of their situations whether it was hard or just parvish and being able to change their lives by using the instrument and getting a scholarship and ultimately getting a degree. Definitely, definitely. And the people don't realize, man, that the how big the bands are. They don't realize how big the bands are, how big the culture is, if you're not around it and in it all the time. Because on a lot of campuses, the band the band members are the biggest celebrities. <laughs> you're right. You know, you you go to some of these big games. Uh, go to, you know, a, a FAMU versus Bethune-Cookman game, a Florida Classic, or you go to an Alabama State versus Alabama A&M, the Magic City Classic, or the Southern Heritage Classic with Jackson State, Tennessee State. A lot of people are there just to sit there and watch the bands. A lot of the students and the kids that have come out are there to listen and watch the band, and everybody typically has their perspective on what gives a band a W and what doesn't. It's always funny to hear why somebody say this particular band has won a battle. And for years, it's a mythical way. The only way your band can really just hard out lose a battle if they just play songs completely out of tune of just horrible sound. But it's always that this band won because of this. No, this band won because of that. And I find that hilarious every time you see a good band battle. Even when you look at the battle of the bands with Southern and Grambling, at the Bayou Classic, you know, you're going to have these two sides that are going to say, no, my side won because it is. 
And that's always the fun part of any rivalry, especially with HBCU bands. Exactly. And you know what, Perry, they should have? They should have a bet online for the Battle of the Bands. Bet online <laughs> is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Go to all the latest news. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. And they should have one on the HBCU bands. I'm campaigning for that now. Before the next pitch, <laughs> head over to Bet Online on your laptop and check out all the great sporting news. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Promo code locked on. Would that be flood if they were to have a betting service in the middle of the Bayou Classic with both sides? <laughs> yes, yes. You could take you could take prop bets. It, you know, how look? It will will the drum major go bend all the way back and take off his hat? <laughs> you can have prop bets. Oh, you need the inside scoop then at that point. I need to know what they did at practice this week. Yeah, see that that you would Somebody, create a whole new industry if you had oh, and, man. And I'm sure and I'm sure that bet online would cover it. I'm telling you, that would be great if they had a, a whole betting line <laughs> on the bands. You know, Norfolk State is playing against <laughs> is playing against South Carolina State. The Norfolk State Marching Spartans are playing against the South Carolina State 101. It's going to be a heck of a battle. <laughs> I put $200 down on Bethune-Cookman playing ice cream, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. The rubber band man, I know they're gonna play it. That's a great prop bet. That's a great prop bet. But that's that really does show the intensity of the HBCU band culture. Because, like you were talking about, people have their own ideas about who wins battles, and people will get into knockdown drag out arguments about who's winning the band battle, who won the band battle. <laughs> and you, you know, you see, you see it all the time. But, you know, not just in the South, but even in the, on the East Coast and some of the, the MEAC, CIAA, uh, CIAA, the band culture is all over HBCU football. Talk about that a little bit and how widespread this culture is. Yeah, you know, we often get caught up and think because we see the show bands of the SWAC and the SWAC has dubbed themselves basically with the best bands when it comes to HBCU marching bands and marching bands in general but as well as you have the ciac who has bands the ciaa uh the MEAC. you know people know of florida and them although they're coming to the swag people know who the marching 100 is people know who the marching wildcats of bethune cookman are people know clark atlanta people know johnson c smith north carolina central north carolina a t you know, all of those schools that are in that area, Winston-Salem State, you know, Albany State, Fort Valley State. There are many HBCUs out there. Kentucky State. You can go on for days, you know, uh, in terms of schools that represent HBCU culture. 
each one of those bands has its own tradition. And, you know, that's what makes the HBCU band so special. They all come from that same genre of culture when we talk about music, but they all add their own flair to it. And that's really what their alumni base ends up falling in love with. Each school has their own flair that their fans almost break their wrist every chance they get to shake a pom-pom just to support their teams, you know, yes. and, and to listen to their bands. And so, you know, that's the beauty of it. Battle of the Bands, like there's one coming up in Houston, uh, the National Battle of the Bands, a battle of the bands that have, you know, universities from all over. You're talking about Southern University, Norfolk State, uh, North Carolina A&T, you know, Jackson State. You know, j- these are just bands to name that'll be all a part of this in Houston where people will be able to get a chance to see and what's so amazing about it, a lot of people finally get a chance to see there are different styles to HBCU marching bands. Although they're all the same in terms of the beat, they're all different in terms of how they do their formations. Yes. And, and I want to make a correction because I don't want them to be bad at me. It's not the marching Spartans. It's the Spartan Legion at Norfolk State. All it's right, the Spartan now. Legion band. So I want to make sure. Because band people the last are very thing you intense. Want is HBCU band heads from a certain school to then target you? That's the last the, thing. You yes, want. yes. You don't want them. <laughs> you don't want them upset with you. That can get very intense. <laughs> you definitely band don't heads don't play about where they played it. That's right. They don't play about the bands. And you know, speaking of that, talk about some of the fiercest rivalries because these rivalries between bands are are almost as intense as the football rivalries. Talk about some of the more intense rivalries in, in bandom, as I would say, uh, uh, among these schools. You know, typically we, I, most people will go to the football games and say, this is an opportunity to say when these two bands get together, but I look at the parades. That is uh, a place where a lot of HBCU bands meet up at. You look at New Orleans, it's a hotbed in New Orleans, Louisiana, doing Mardi Gras in terms of the amount of HBCU bands that show up to parades like Bacchus and so many others. And it's just like the zero quarter at the football games. These bands show up early, two hours before the parade starts. They're in formation, and while they're waiting on their number to be called into in the parade, they battle it out with crowds of thousands, of hundreds of thousands, people just all over standing on cars, houses, trash cans, whatever, being mesmerized by the sounds of these bands battling out in the streets of New Orleans. You know, and and that's one of the beautiful things about it. It's not just limited to the football games to where you got to have the athletics around it. Band is wherever these these two entities show up and have an opportunity to battle. And with HBCU bands, if two bands show up, there's going to be a battle. Somebody is what they say going to blow on the other. (laughs) They're not just going to be standing there waiting on that number to be called. If one band shows up and see another band, somebody has to jump. <laughs> so somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to do something. You got who, are, who are the bands that you like to see battle? Uh, bands I like to see battle, of course. You know, the band that I think is the, the number one battle band is Southern University. They are the band that I think that have created that battle culture. And you see bands, uh, I like bands like Norfolk State, Jackson State. Uh, depends what your, your genre, what your flavor is. Some people 
uh, can tell you they like to hear the University of Arkansas Palm Bluff, M4, the marching musical machine of the Mid-South. Some people would tell you they want to hear North Carolina A&T. There are many different battles, especially Tennessee State, Jackson State. But I think the biggest one, everybody, you know, has to go with it, is Southern and Jackson. I don't care if these two bands show up in Alaska. If they're in a stadium together, people are going to show up and listen to or watch that battle. Uh, anytime those two bands show up, you're going to always get an interest from a vast majority of people. But these days you have little schools with big bands like Talladega College, you know, who come in and out of nowhere, within five years has a band that is performed at most parades and battle the bands across the country. Yeah. And you, like you said, a little school with a big band. You know, that the Talladega <laughs> is a little school with a big band. And you know what? They get to celebrate their freedom of choice. Do you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. I don't know what your Built Bar flavor is, but I tell you what mine is. And you don't know what you're missing out, but I'm going to tell you that double chocolate Built Bar, you can't miss with that. But you can get the Cherry Barcia. You can get Coconut raspberry and not only do built bars taste good but they're healthy too it has 17 to 18 grams of protein calories range from 130 to 180 only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five gram net carbs go to builtbar.com and use promo code lock 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 at builtbar.com Exactly. You know, Built Bar flavors are sort of like the bands, P. White. Everybody has their own flavor. You're you right. Know, you have, everybody <laughs> has their own thing. You know, some people like like the, the, the marching and blowing style uh, of Southern. Some people like the, the, the design style of Florida A&M, the way they, you know, the, the intricacies of Florida A&M. Some people like the way the, the marching Legion, Spartan Legion does their thing. Like you said, Winston said, there's so many different variations and so many different choices among the bands man when you talk about the culture of the bands which bands do you think push the culture forward which bands do you think are leading in the culture right now right now yeah like you know around this time you know if if, if there was gonna if with band season coming up if you were just going to see the marching bands which bands would you be like, okay, I need to see this band, this band. Just give me like three of them. The, your top three that you just be like, okay, I want to see these bands this year. See what they're about. I would go with maybe hmm, North Carolina A&T. Uh, I guess I would have to say a toss-up between between Bethune-Cookman and Jackson State. Okay. A toss-up between those two. And then, of course, I think lastly, I would like to see Southern University. Okay. Okay. Those are three of the major players in the game. <laughs> those those are the ones that put the put the, the butts in the seats. <laughs> yes, those are those are the three of the major players in the game. But this the band culture in, in terms of HBCU football has been around for so long. This isn't a new thing. This has been a part of HBCU football for a long time. And, you know, the history of it, 
I think it's interesting that it's all, you know, it's you, you for most schools, the football program and the band program almost go hand in hand at most schools. Is that you you believe that to be true? Football and band go hand in hand? Yeah, at, at most in particular at the more well-known schools. Oh, of course. I mean, there's every part of the pageantry and the tradition that you look for on that Saturday. You know, you look forward to hearing those drums of the band marching in and seeing those drum majors high stepping and those girls shaking and stepping and you know, those horns flashing and that big sound. But at the same time, watching your football team or whatever program you're watching score, you know, and you put those together and you put a recipe for a good time, which I think why HBCUs, particularly the SWAC, you look at just on the football side has led FCS attendance, the division that they're in for almost 40 plus years, because you look at everything that puts together a great atmosphere for a Saturday when a band and a football team or any athletics program comes together and, and represent that university well. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, the pride of, of representing your university to victory. Definitely, definitely, man. You know, it, this HBC, and I, I, like I said, we're going to be doing this on a regular basis and Perry will join us. Sometimes we're going to have other people join us to talk about this band culture. We're going to try to do it on Wednesdays. It's going to be called zero, zero to the fifth, which means the zero quarter to the fifth quarter. Talk about that fifth quarter, man. Cause just like at the end <laughs> of every game, the fifth quarter, man, is where you, where your chance to baby get in and, and close that thing out. Talk about, tell everybody what the fifth quarter is. So before there was even a zero quarter, that was for sure a fifth quarter. You know, yes. and it came about with bands happened to stay after the game. You know, the clock has struck zero. The football teams have exited the field, and all of a sudden, the bands are still there. Sometimes That's the right. The fourth quarter is over. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you know, and, and sometimes the lights are on. Sometimes they're half on and it's dim. But, you know, there are the bands still sitting in the stands, and somebody pops it off the same way I said back in the parades. You know, somebody pops it off. And before you know it, you got a real deal band battle going on of two bands battling out on who has the better sound, who has the better arrangement, who has the better everything. And you have fan bases that stick around sometimes in the thousands. You know, I've been to some fifth quarters. Uh, I can recall a Southern versus Alabama State in Montgomery, Alabama, which you looked on the field after that ball game and still even in the stands. There was thousands of people out just prepared to watch that. Or you look at the Bayou Classic. When you have Southern and Grambling in the New Orleans Superdome and there's 30,000 people, you look at the Honda Battle of the Bands uh, that was, took place in Atlanta, you're talking 60,000 people showing up. You know, it, it matters and it means that people love to see this product of entertainment. Check out the Saints on Sunday. Sometimes you can catch a, a Southern, a Jackson State, a Talladega, or Alcorn performing, you know, for the vast crowd and as well as for the the, the NFL community. So these bands mean a lot. And more than mostly what it does is it gives these students an opportunity to experience the world, to travel, to see things and be a part of something that they'll live with for the rest of their lives as they continue to say, this university is what I wear on my shirt proudly. Yes. And, and these, a lot of these bands, they play, they get to go international. They go around the world playing and representing their universities. And they also get to play and some of the larger events. I mean, we've seen a lot of HBCU bands play, uh, like I said, in, in China, in Japan, 
Uh, we've seen them march in the Rose Bowl parade. We've seen them march in the Macy's Day parade. So they these these are really good uh, opportunities to get vast experiences around the world. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're talking about presidential inaugurations and all, or down to just your local homecoming parade. You know, you get an yeah. opportunity to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. But yeah, Perry, I, I thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. It is, uh, it is This has been informative, and we're going to do this again. This is going to be a regular part of, of the Locked On HBCU podcast. We always we want to cover the whole, the entire culture. Uh, we I, we're gonna hit on something later on uh, in in uh, during the week that we're gonna talk about one of your other favorite things tailgating. So, <laughs> oh, let me tell you about no. You know what? I'll say that for another episode. HBCU tailgating. I'll say that for another episode. I I keep you all day talking about a great time. <laughs> yes, exactly. We know the tailgated is the tailgated is part of the culture too. <laughs> Definitely part of the culture. Well, Perry, thank you for joining us, man. And uh you have a good one and a safe one. All right. Hey man, thank you for having me. You too. Tomorrow, don't forget my man Morel Carter and Tolly Carr will be back on the show as we preview the MIAC. You know, we did the swag. Now we gotta get to the MIAC. The two big dogs. We're going to talk about it a little bit, discuss a little bit, and break it down. So make sure you join us, Locked On HBCU.